You know I'm gonna get you. Yeah. Whatever it takes to get there. No, I won't drop you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Basement Talk podcast. Ed Birdsall joined tonight by maybe the happiest New Brooklyn Nets fan in the world who just so happened to be at the game on Tuesday night to watch arguably the greatest playoff performance in the history of the NBA. Jake Simone, how are you? Wow, what an intro. What an intro. But uh I mean right. there's no more deserving intro than that. You were there. You can you could tell everybody about it. I, you were there. Let me tell you something, man. That was the best sporting event that I've ever attended. Hands I, down. It was one of the best sporting events that I've watched. It, and I wasn't it was even crazy. there. And I was a neutral. I was and a neutral. I, I was literally thinking at halftime, too. I was just saying to my buddies, like, hey, you know, we're probably going to go home before the fourth quarter. They're going to lose by 20, 30 points. This isn't even going to be close. And all of a sudden, Jeff Green hits another three, one of his seven, seven for eight. Jeff Green, shout out to Jeff Green. Great guy. Um, I don't know. I It's just all of a sudden, it was like a six-point game. And I said, we're going to win this game. And KD had that, like, look where he wasn't going home without a win. He just wasn't stopping him. The P.J. Tucker, the referees finally started calling fouls on P.J. Tucker. I'm so sick of P.J. Tucker, just so irrelevant. Does nothing on a basketball court besides just beat the shit out of people. Doesn't could score. Have, but could, would have been a lovely deadline addition for the new, for the Brooklyn Nets. I think Jeff Green's better. Jeff Green, I, I, Jeff Green has been very good. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if we necessarily needed him. Um well, it was tough also at the deadline. I don't know if you remember. The Nets had LaMarcus Aldridge. Yep. The Nets had LaMarcus Aldridge. They did not see that coming with his retirement. So yeah. that might have – would have been a nice throw-in in the James James Harden trade with the Rockets. But uh, speaking of James, really glad that he came back last night. And, you know, granted, he wasn't the James Harden that we all know and love, you know, the, the triple-double no. machine. The, the, but – his presence on the court alone really inspired. You could tell that the Nets were inspired by James Harden being out there. You have one of your best players who just literally woke up and said, you know what? I'm playing. I don't care what the doctors say. I'm giving it a go. And he made a couple of nice passes. Um, and, the, and the play that really turned the game around, obviously there's the, the KD three as the shot clock expired with under a minute left, but was the James Harden N one that the crowd got really pumped after that. You know, James is not quitting. He's giving it all. The guy played 46 minutes last night. You know, usually you see yeah. guys come back from those injuries in the playoffs and they're on some type of minutes restriction. They're being out there. Yeah. And all this, and just, I know we have more to discuss with this game, but Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay. What are you doing? Shooting the basketball, man. You, you know what it is? I don't think he wants to go to the free throw line because when he is at that free throw line, the crowd, I don't know if you heard it on the TV, but the crowd starts chanting the amount of time he's taking at the free throw line. Oh, I did. It was audible. And it was over 10 seconds, I might add. And, you know, you're paired up with a guy on one leg who's not the – he's an underrated defender, James Harden, but this isn't, you know, this isn't like a marquee defender. When we think of James Harden, we're not thinking of defense. But Correct. What are you doing taking a fadeaway jump shot when you could just take him to the hole? James would probably foul you, but – I don't know, but it's still going to be a tough series for, for my nets. You know, it took KD going Nova. The reality situation is Kyrie Irving is still hurt and isn't coming back. James Harden 
is playing next game, but are we getting James Harden or are we getting, you know, a, a watered down James Harden? So it's going to take KD doing that for the Nets to proceed, but the Bucks are facing a lot of pressure. I could see maybe the Bucks having an off night one of these next two games. They they're they're a very mental team, these Milwaukee Bucks. Yes, they are. Yes, they are, especially when they know that if they probably lose this series, Mike Budenholzer is probably out. Yeah. So Mike D'Antoni's I mean, in. And Mike D'Antoni could be in there. I mean, you, you we had I think we had we had two coaches that were fired today in a span of five minutes. We had Stan Van Gundy news and we had Scott Brooks immediately after, just back to back. Van Gundy has an has an appealing job, but the Washington Wizards, who, who the hell wants that job? Uh, nobody. That's nobody. like a dead think, end job. I mean, what I, I think I said to you that, that the Terry Stotts match, I think, really just makes so much sense for New Orleans. I think John Calabari makes makes a ton of sense. I think he makes sense as an assistant coach for the New York Knicks. An assistant coach. We have an opening. Mike Woodson has left the building. We have an opening right next to Tom Thibodeau, and that could be John Calabari. Yeah. Uh, if he wants maybe. to come be with his boys. Honestly, that, that Portland job is really appealing, too, for John Cal. If he wants to coach Dame Dalla. Oh, if he stays. If he stays there. I think he's staying there. You had Enos Cantor come out and say that Dane wants to win it all in Portland. Uh, there's a, uh, there's only there's only I so much. Lillard's not the I, I think Lillard's staying. He's not well, the I, kind to just ask. It just doesn't strike me as the kind of guy. No, nah, but I also I also think Dame understands that it's a lot easier to construct a team in the East and get to the finals through the East than it is through the West. Well, look how he. Well, I don't think that's necessarily true. The Suns were one of the worst teams in basketball last year, and they they're probably well now. CP 3s hurt, so the betting odds obviously change that. But yeah, with with Kawhi Leonard being hurt outside of the Jazz, I would say, I would say the Suns or Jazz are probably the favorites to win the West. And the Suns were one of the worst teams in the league last year, and all they did was just get Chris Paul. Well, that's it. That's it. But you had you had the Suns be competitive. You have the Jazz that are one of the best teams in the West. You have the Lakers that were competitive for a while. But, but why the, can't the Blazers turn it around like one of those teams? They can. They can. But does does Dame see himself taking Portland there? And does he see McCollum being that second piece? Well, I always told you they have to move McCollum, and I would move Nurkic too. Um, and I would build around yeah. Dame. They, like, I, they it's have a very, to. It's a very simple relationship to salvage if you're Portland. You know, this isn't KD, uh, not KD, AD walking out there with, you know, with the shirt, that's all, folks, or whatever. You know, it, his foot's not completely out the door, and I, I think you can definitely um, find a way to appease Damon and Lillard. I would the hope so. Lights, for... The bright lights of New York City. There could be something there. There could and be. If there's, and if there's the promise of maybe you're bringing more stars in there as well, you never know, but again, you know, I it doesn't. Dane doesn't really strike me as that kind of guy, but Kevin Durant didn't really strike me as that kind of guy either. So, well, Kyrie Irving struck me as that kind of guy. Oh, absolutely, Kyrie struck me as that kind of guy. And, oh my and god! Kate and KD wanted to play where Kyrie was going. Well, KD did it originally when he just jumped ship from OKC to Golden State. I, that was I the will first say, one. I will say this about Kevin Durant. I think if you had to ask Kevin Durant if to pick a teammate to go to war with. I think he'd pick James Harden. Oh, no doubt. 
I, I it, thought those, for, I those, thought for a second you were going to say Kyrie Irving. I was no, going to be like, whoa, 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 I, whoa. I, th- I think he would. I think James Harden played last night for KD. I agree. I agree. I think that's a very, very good shout. We will save more NBA playoff discussion. We have one quick question. Like I said, we're going to be jumping right back into NBA playoffs in a little while. We're going to be talking about some uh, Major League Baseball. And really, I kind of want to get Jake's opinion on the controversy of the month. That it sounds like with yep. Major League Baseball and the sticky substances, then the bands that are going around. We'll talk to Jake about that since Jake is Mr. Baseball, Mr. Baseball guy. So Jake will, uh, baseball guy. will provide provide the thoughts there. And then we ha- have a Mount Rushmore at the very end, which will be a surprise to everybody and we'll get everyone hungry. Just a little tease for that. But first, as we start every Basement Talk podcast, Jake, your deep sleeper of the week. Pretty please, por favore. That's like a deep sleeper and a thank you, but uh, we're in a shout out. Shout out to Nate Diaz, man. Just uh, always gives you your money's worth on a pay-per-view. Um, I really, the day he walks away from fighting is a really sad day for the sport. Um, you know, again, just an absolute bloody war where Nate had a chance late. Um, I think honestly he could have put Leon away if he wasn't too busy pointing at him. I think if he would have just bull rushed him, I think he could have finished the fight, but, um, you know, just a really entertaining guy He's inviting everybody to the after party after and, um, I'm going to miss Nate Diaz if the, if and when he uh, decides to retire from this game. You know, 36 years old, he's not getting any younger. And he, he cuts open really easily, too. Just every fight, it's just the unavoidable. Um, but, yeah, Nate, shout out to Nate Diaz for, for being a, a real one. Um, and every time he fights, you get your money's worth. Yeah, that that fight was, was gnarly. Yeah, Diaz is the man. The scene... The, and just the the overall image of Nate Diaz just covered in his own blood, not for the first time, not for the first time, won't be the, for the last. The 50th time. At least, at least the 50th time. But it, it was just an all-out war. And even just that fight alone made you say, yeah, that was worth the 60-whatever bucks that people would have spent for the pay-per-view right then and there. And that was before you even got to the Adesanya fight, which was – which was, yeah, I think the Adesanya fight was was okay, but I felt I did feel for him after he had to go on after the whole Diaz fight, which just completely just blew the roof off the joint. Adesanya is so good; he's uh, very good. He he's just he's just too small to fight any heavier weight classes. He's too skinny. Yeah, but he he'll never lose a middleweight contest. No way. Mm-mm. No, he won't. He won't. But he had to contend with that Diaz fight, which, which really stole the show. And the Moreno fight was kind of stole the show. I mean, that was Mexico's first champ. Yeah, that's also true. You know, guy was the 16th seed on the Ultimate Fighter. Like that's that's pretty unheard of to become a yeah. champ. The literally the last pick on the show. Yeah, I haven't and watched the Ultimate came. Fighter yet this year. I've heard it's okay. I just don't. I mean, they just picked two really unappealing coaches. Like no one really cares about Vol- uh, Volkanovski and. Ortega, you know, you pick two it's midgets. True. Yeah, it's true. Nate it's kind of, it's kind of like the Bachelorette. Yeah, I, it's, I, I, it's just kind of like you know, it's everything is just it's just kind of like a whatever. You went from Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal to these two. I mean, come on. It's just like you went from Chris Harrison to uh, Tasha Adams and um, and uh, Caitlin. And I Caitlin think David Spade for Paradise should be a good time, though. I gotta say that'll be fascinating. 
that'll be fascinating to see how well that goes over. And Chris Harrison it helps that he got a $60 million payoff. He had 60 million reasons to go away. They paid him to go away. They paid him to keep quiet and go away. That's, that's what it's come to. That's really what it has come to. Um, all right. My deep sleeper of the week. Um, I touched on this on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show on Tuesday. Feel like it was it's important to talk about again. Uh, deep sleeper of the week. I'm really it's also like a shout out. Really, I don't know if I would call it a deep sleeper by any means. Um, every single person that was associated with, uh, I guess you know, really for lack of a better phrase, but really seriously, uh, saving the life of Christian Eriksen. That scene on Saturday at the Euro was awful. It was one of the, it was the worst thing I've ever seen in sports with, without a shadow of a doubt. And between Anthony Taylor, the referee stopping the match within five seconds and having uh, the medical personnel rush in to take care of Christian Eriksen, uh, Simon Kier, the captain for Denmark, AC Milan defender, uh, knowing the basics of CPR and being able to, make sure Christian Erickson didn't swallow his tongue and then roll him over on his stomach where he wouldn't be able to swallow his tongue. I mean, that's, you know, doesn't get enough credit there either than of course the medical professionals and the doctors and everything like that, that were able to do chest compressions and then bring him back, literally bring him back after he was in the words of the team doctor for Denmark gone. He was flatlined. Right, right on the field in front of the entire world to see. And then you had Casper Schmeichel and then Simon Kier going over to uh, Christian Eriksen's girlfriend and, you know, consoling her because, I mean, oh God, I can only imagine what was going on in her head at that point, you know, and, and their two kids as well. I mean, that's just – you don't ever want to see anything like that. I never want to see anything like that again. But – all signs are pointing towards that Christian Erickson is at the very least going to be okay. So that is a miracle in and of itself, but it was, uh, it was a very, very dark, very, very sad hour and a half on Saturday on what has been an unbelievable Euro so far with, of course, Cristiano Ronaldo being Cristiano Ronaldo, cause he's the greatest, but no, in all ser- in all seriousness, uh, best wishes to to Christian Eriksen, and I never ever want to see anything like that ever again. Yep, I agree. I mean, full Soccer. full cardiac full cardiac arrest. I mean, oof. and I mean, and I talked about this. I talked about this with Adam and and Jake. I don't know if you feel the same way as I do, where you know if if you have someone on a hot mic, you know, cursing or. Um, you know, if it's whether it's the announcer or the athlete, you know, whatever it may be, or if you have a streaker, which is the one that I said, they cut away within two seconds. But when you have someone who's literally dying, they can't cut away from that. They got to just zoom in on it. Like, I know. No, no, that ain't it. That's not for me. That ain't it. Not for me. That's that's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. It's a private moment. And z- Put the camera anywhere else. Yeah. Just cut anywhere to commercial. Else. Cut to, exactly. Cut to commercial. Cut to commercial. That's it. blank screen. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? And fair play to the, to the entire Denmark team that formed that the whole ring around Christian Eriksen so that way the cameras couldn't get in or the fans couldn't even see what was going on, which, you know, that, that should be a moment for him 
and his family for, for his family for the doctors to work on him bring him back do what they got to do and then get him the hell out of there and get him the proper medical attention that he uh, that he needs but uh yeah christian erickson thank goodness thank goodness thank goodness he is uh he's okay but uh overall the euro has been fantastic uh game of the tournament so far has no, without a doubt been netherlands and ukraine Unfortunately, the announced team was awful for that, but we talked about that on Tuesday. And Cristiano Ronaldo is, just, is, like I said, the absolute greatest. So, all in all, deep sleeper, the Euro. But shout out to soccer. But a shout out to the team doctors and everyone associated with the Christian Eriksen situation and getting him back. But the Euro has been very, very good so far. And and Jake, the but just to kind of bring it back to a more lighter note. Uh, our our country, Italia, did win tonight 3 0. Shout outs. Six points out of six. You love to see it. Pretty much going through now. So all is good. Love it. We absolutely love it. So, Deep Sleeper, that is off the menu. We have one quick question, and this one comes from John. John asks, Hi, guys. I know you aren't a golf guy, Jake, so forgive me. But does Phil Mickelson have a chance at the U.S. Open to win? I mean, he just won. Didn't he just win? He just won at the PGA. So he's got a shot. I don't know if I'd bet on him, but. I wouldn't bet on him. I mean, he's got a shot. I mean, everyone there's got a shot, no? It's true. It's true. The the the, the low amateur's got a freaking shot. Yeah. I, mean, I guess the shot. question, does he have a realistic shot? I mean, he just won something, so I guess it's somewhat realistic, no? It's realistic. It's realistic. I mean, he's it's also a Tory Pines. It's his home course. So he's got a chance. He's got a chance. Do I think he's going to win? No. Are the odds against him? Probably. Oh, yeah. They're very like, much against him, yeah. He's like 85 years old. I mean, you know. Yeah, if he's 50. I think he's 51. I think he just turned 51. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously those are some tall odds, but I mean. Yeah. Can't very, say he doesn't have a chance. He's got a chance. Would I put my money on him? No. no. Would can he do it? Sure. Yeah, I didn't think he would win on? a major again. <laughs> he just won at the PGA. Who, who are who are you putting your money on? Um, if I DJ? Had, no, no, I would R- put, Rory McIlroy. Uh, Rory's a good bet. I like Rory McIlroy. I've always liked him. He's got a really nice looking woman in his life. He does. He does. I'm I'm not a fan of Rory as a person. I I have my money on Brooks. Brooks Kepka. Be- I love Brooks. Love Brooks. What are the greens looking like for this weekend? What are we thinking? Soft greens, hard greens. I think because you're because you're looking at the California weather, it's pr- they're probably going to be hard. Hard greens. I probably like Rory. Be hard. They're probably like Rory be on hard. the hard. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he he has to putt, though. That's the problem. And Rory with the putter in his hand, he's been inconsistent as of late. But Torrey Pines, I mean, if you could, if you could drive the ball, you have a shot. And Rory, Rory can get it off the tee. It's just everything else in between that's going to be the issue. Um, I mean, Torrey Pines, very special place in my heart, the 08 U.S. Open with Tiger Woods and Rocco Mediate, the greatest golf tournament I've ever watched in my life. When Tiger Woods made that birdie putt on 18 to send it to a playoff on a broken freaking leg, mind you, and then wound up playing 18 holes on Monday to win the U.S. Open. So Torrey Pines has a very, very special place in my heart. 
Tiger, we miss you dearly, and you better come back, and you better win another major, because I can't take listening to the Phil Mickelson people just go on and on and on and on about how Phil is the greatest for winning a major at 50. Stop it. Tiger Woods is the fucking greatest. Not Jack Mickelson or whatever his name is. Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholson. What the fuck am I talking Jack about? Jack Mickelson. Jack Nick. Jack yeah. Nicholson. You were in, you were in between two, Jack, and they were both wrong. <laughs> Jack. Jack Nichols. What's Jack, it, what's this guy's name? Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholas. He's not the greatest ever. It's Tiger. Eldrick Tiger Woods. I think it's Tiger. Me personally, I th- I just think that Tiger's played in a much more competitive era and has completely blown everyone out of the water. Then again, you did have Jack Nicholas and, and Arnold Palmer. Uh, towards I was about the to say, oh, you have Arnold Palmer too. Yeah, you have Arnold Palmer. You had Tom Watson. They were still some very competitive players in Jack Nicholas's day, but the game wasn't the same then. It was more about precision and hitting your spots. Now it's about just being completely, completely jacked. How far can you hit the ball? How much control can you have on the ball while hitting it as far as you possibly can? It's just, it's a completely, completely. That's any game. sport though. Yeah, a- a- absolutely. And, that, and that's why it's such a, 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 a difficult debate because it's, it's like, you know, can you really compare Barry Bonds to Babe Ruth? No, no, you, you can't. They played in completely different eras. Uh, I mean, even even someone like um, give me give me a big time home run hitter now, um, a a Juan Soto, uh, Juan Soto. There you go, <laughs> a, a Juan Soto to a let's just go with uh, Mickey Mantle. Let's just say you can't really compare Soto and and, and Mickey Mantle, while Mickey Mantle's numbers are great, Hall of Fame numbers, Hall of Famer. You know, Juan Soto, it's a different era, live ball era, as they like to call it. So you can't you can't really make the, the comparison. You can, however, make the comparison when comparing Tiger to Phil and Tiger blows Phil out of the water. I'm sorry to anybody who loves Phil Mickelson. You're it just reminds wrong. me of like Peyton and Brady, that kind of argument. So like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, that's a very good comparison. Yes. Yeah. Everyone, everyone recognizes that Peyton Manning is great. Peyton Manning has had his moments in the sun while Tom Brady is the fucking greatest. Yeah. Is the fucking greatest. That's Tiger is Tom Brady. Phil is Peyton Manning. That's a very good comparison, Jake. Very, very Thank good you. comparison. I, I like that one a lot. I'm actually going to use that one. That's very good. Okay. Back to NBA playoffs. Uh, so where were we? Where were we? We did went that well, on that long-winded ensemble to start the show. I have no idea. We talk about how much Katie and James Harden let oh, them die yes. together. Oh yes. Okay. But what did you think about James Harden? Like, did you think, or am I am I just blowing smoke up people's asses oh, right now talking no. about it? I feel like he he provided more than the stat sheet will imply. I mean, you got to remember he's also the orchestrator of the offense. So he tells guys where to line up, what to do here. He made a couple of errant passes last night that had me beside myself but he made a couple your hair out yeah a couple good ones he made two really good ones he made the one to joe harris the joe harris finally made a basket um (laughs) breaking news and then i believe he made another one who was it jeff green or kd the other one with that cutting layup to the bat it was kd kd that one kd pass that he had to jeff green Uh, jeff green shout out first of all let me ask you something man people in basketball get overpaid year in and year out how the fuck does Jeff Green get a veteran's minimum every single offseason? Uh, no idea. No idea. Dude, you have guys like Aaron Gordon making $35 million or something absurd playing for the Nuggets I was looking at last week. Yep. 
you got Jeff Green on a veteran's minimum? Yep. How is that possible? Honestly, it, it, it Alfred Payton makes more than Jeff Green does. And I lo- I've always liked Jeff Green, too. I feel like on every team he's been on, he's just gotten reliable baskets. And he he's a four who's got size. He can defend multiple positions. You know, he doesn't slow down your offense. He can stretch the floor. He offers you the three ball. We saw that last night. I mean, dude, it was like watching Clay Thompson with the Warriors, watching Jeff, Jeff Green. It was every time he shot the ball, I thought it was going in. Yeah. Seven of eight from three. Oh, he was very, he was very, very impressive. Uh, back to you, back to your Harden point. Uh, we, he finished with uh, like three five points, points yeah, five, five points, six boards, eight assists, something along and, those lines. And, and three of those points were three of the biggest points of the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. That about one? I think even though you could say Harden was one of 10 shooting, whatever. I think Harden knew his role. I think Harden was out there more of a decoy than anything else. Because I think if you have Harden not there, Kyrie not there, it leaves Durant very, very susceptible to doubles. And basically the Bucs are going to say, all right, we're making sure Katie is not the guy to beat us. Have anybody else do it. If it's Joe Harris, Jeff Green, uh, name it, Blake Griffin, anybody else. Anybody else, not KD. The Bucs were like the Pistons when they would play Michael Jordan. With KD. Yeah. This guy, PJ Tucker, man. Like, can the refs start? Like, oh, listen, I like it when the guys play too, but come on, man. The guy's getting smacked in the face when he's shooting the ball. Like, that's a foul. That, that, that's a foul. There's a difference between, a, you know, a soft foul and a foul. If, if something's a foul, it's a foul. And Dave, then we got, Dave, and, yep. Go ahead. Go ahead. And, and then we got Blake Griffin getting the Barkley Center all fired up. Like, he's, uh, like he's uh, Dennis Rodman of the 80s, uh, getting the crowd up at the, uh, you know what I'm saying? Diving, will, diving all over the place, hitting threes. I will say from a neutral point of view, I thought I think the officials have done a good job in the series in terms of letting the teams play. Now, with that being said, there have been fouls that have not been called that should have been fouls. But I think consistently going in both both ways, They've really let a lot of stuff go, which I'm good with. I'm good with. I don't like the whistle foul, whistle foul, whistle foul. It kills the flow of the game. I would rather, you know, occasionally, you know, obviously, yes, P.J. Tucker's, you know, going around hitting guys in the face. Of course, that's to be called. But I like the occasional, you know, no call, let them play. Let let the boys just go. Yeah. I I, I like that. And it it really just – it has the flow, helps the flow of the game a lot. Let, let me Go ask ahead. you: do, do you mind the ten-second violation calls on Giannis Antetokounmpo? I think they. I think it is a rule for a reason. And it, look, it, is it a silly rule? Sure. Is it a rule that's called often? No. But it gets to a point where you continue to really push the rule. It, it's it's kind of like. It's kind of like you put the cook, the cookie jar in front of the six-year-old and mm-hmm. the, the six-year-old just gets closer and closer to the cookie jar. And it's like the parent it's telling, you know, hey, Giannis, don't go near the cookie jar because if you put your hand in the cookie jar, you're going to get grounded. And he just, you know, ever so cutely gets us closer and closer to the cookie jar. And the second he puts his hand in the cookie jar and takes the cookie, he gets grounded. It's the same thing here. Giannis kept pushing the limit, pushing the limit, pushing the limit. And now it's a big surprise that now they're finally calling him on it as they should. 
They've given him every opportunity in the world to make sure it's not that hard to shoot a free throw within 10 seconds. It's not hard. Relatively easy. Relatively very easy. But for Giannis, apparently it is very, very difficult. I am one of the biggest Giannis fans out there. But, but, there are a lot of things about his game that I think people extremely, extremely overrate. Truly. I mean, look, man, you know, if he just simply attacked the basket every time, he, he'd be on stop. I don't know why yeah. he bothers shooting jump. I really don't know why he I shoots jump shots. I don't know either. It makes no sense to me. He, he does not want to go to the free throw line. That's no. his – I think he has – him. it's it's like Ben Simmons with the Sixers where you can kind of tell towards the end. It's like the Sixers play four-on-five basketball at the end of basketball games. Yes, they do. Like, you're 100%, it, 100% right. That is why I think that if the Nets were to advance, I – Hawks or Sixers really scare. This is the series right here for the Nets. If you can get past the Bucks, I think the Nets are going to the championship. Really do. I, I don't think the Hawks or the Sixers possess with Embiid hobbled. I, I, I'm not seeing much to be concerned about because I do think James Harden and Kyrie Irving will play next series. I, I think, think so. Ky, I think Kyrie Irving will play if the Nets are down by two games or more. But I think James James Harden's only going to get. Listen, the guy played 46 minutes last night. Like. He needs to get his legs back under him. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not that hurt. If you're playing 46 minutes in a basketball contest, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I agree. You're healthy enough. I agree. I but mean, the Hawks. Healthy enough. Know. The Hawks are losing by 25 tonight, too. In case yeah, they're, get, they're getting smacked. They're, they're getting smacked around it. And, and good. Good. I, I, I do like that a lot. Um, I, I want to ask you this question. And are you still, you're still very much on board with, Nets and seven, like I Nets am. And, Nets and seven. I told you um, that. In the be- yep. I told you that in the beginning when we were picking the series. I I said even when the Nets were up too well, the series ain't over. It's gonna go seven games. It's gonna go six or seven games. Okay. All right. I I mean, I look. I think the Nets can win Game Six. I think they can. I think here's how the Nets can win Game Six. Why they would win Game Six? Milwaukee's got it. There's no pressure on Brooklyn in Game Six. W- would no. you say that there's any pressure on Brooklyn? Not at all. They're playing with house money. But Kevin Durant, house money. I don't care who else is healthy, who else is not healthy. You got a shot. Any this is what I tried telling people last night. It's like, you know, any team with Kevin Durant on it, you have a shot. You know what I'm I saying? Agree. And also the Bucks, when the lights seem to be brightest, that's where the Bucks play their worst. Like when the Bucks were down 2 0. They were kind of like, all right, like everyone counted us out. They expect us to play bad now. Let's just say, ah, fuck it. But once the light started to get a little bit brighter because they weren't under the microscope down 2-0, they shriveled last night. I mean, it's a 17-point lead, and you blew it. Yep. They should have won that game. They should have won that game. Absolutely should have won that game. Just, and you know what it, You know what really stings, though? Losing game three if, as a net as a Nets fan. That was yeah. the game we should have had. Ugh, makes me sick. Bruce Brown? Yeah. Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown? <laughs> Bruce Brown. Do you have something you want to say about Bruce Brown? And I like Bruce Brown, too. I might want to add that. I like Bruce Brown and what he's done for the team this year. I think he's been vastly underrated. Him, guys like him, Jeff Green, they've, they've kept the engine afloat. Yeah. But my guy, like, what are you what are you doing? Like, the second one, I, I, okay, you know what? The, the offense broke down. The shot clock was going to expire. I, you know, but the one before that? Yeah. Oosh. Two in a row? Bruce Brown, we, you know who's on, you, you know who you have, right? 
and you even, he and, must have forgot. And you even saw it last night when the when the shot clock was ready to expire. I forgot who I forgot who the player was. I want to say it was Shamit or someone like that. They just found Kevin Durant and he just chucked just get it to him. Just get it to him. That's it. It's the name of the game. Let me ask you something. Shoot. Is Kevin Durant the best player in the world right now? Yes. Oh, 100 percent than LeBron James. I would have said that. I would have said that before. Before this. You know who's making you know who I was thinking was making a real push was Kawhi Leonard. But now I, I don't know with wait, you know, that's a very weird situation, man. I mean, you well, go from saying you're yeah. fine to a torn ACL. That's that's another that's something that I also want to touch on. I want to touch on Kawhi and then I wanted to touch on the situation with uh Nikola Jokic and the, the fallout from uh, from that. I think let's what, let's go to Kawhi. Yeah. Yeah, we need to okay. talk about we need to talk yeah. about that. Um let's talk about Kawhi. Um what what the hell? Bad. Very bad. The the, <laughs> the, the Clippers are fucked. The Clippers yeah. the Clippers are absolutely fucked. Plain and simple. Plain and they simple. They are right. fucked. I mean they're gonna have they Paul George is gonna carry them? Okay. Nope. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, they they are absolutely one hundred percent screwed. And what makes matters even worse is I believe, and I I could be wrong on this. I actually have to look this up. I believe Kawhi, there was an option in Kawhi's contract at the end of the season. You're correct. Well, was it was it it was a player option, player option. correct? Yep. If he's got a torn ACL, I think he's gonna take that player option in a heartbeat. It's interesting. Here's why. Remember when Kevin Durant tore his Achilles? It's true. It's true. Now, would now do you think? I guess now the question that I have to ask now: Do you think Kawhi would jump ship? And if he does, where does he go? I think that there's one spot to me that jumps off the page immediately, and that's the Miami. Next? Oh, Miami. But Miami is weird. That's the one that jumps off the right away. Here, here's why Miami is weird. If Kawhi is a torn ACL, he's probably out all of next year. You're Miami. You're in win now mode. You know. Yeah, I no, I understand. I I just don't see how that fits in. I thought you were going to say the Knicks. The Knicks make a lot. The Knicks make but, a lot of sense Kawhi too. Kawhi to me has never been an, a New York kind of guy. No, I I never thought so either. Warm weather, late like those rumors back in the day were like Kawhi and KD were coming to New York. I knew that wasn't true. Kawhi coming, to, I knew Kawhi would never come to New York. The only reason why he was in the freezing cold tundra of Toronto is because Popovich exiled him there. That's another interesting spot, by the way. Maybe a return to Toronto. I think he did like his time with Toronto and Nick yeah. Nurse, but yeah. Um, I think he probably picks up that option. I think, I think he, he does. does, and then examines the landscape of the league next year. I think so. He takes his money, just works on his rehab, knows he has the facilities that he's familiar with in L.A., gets him yep. back into game shape, and then you're looking at the 2022-2023 season. For and then you Kawhi. go from there. And then you go from there. Absolutely. I think I think that's the way to go with, uh, with, uh, with Kawhi. But, yeah, the Clippers are absolutely screwed. Speaking of screwed, uh, a team that was basically knocked off of their heels, uh, the Nikola Jokic incident from the other night, from game four of the Phoenix Suns-Denver Nuggets series. I mean, how the hell can you eject someone for that? 
and the MVP. Bro, that the league MVP. The main reason why a ton of neutrals are watching that game is because they want to see Nikola Jokic go up against Chris Paul and Devin Booker, and they eject him for that. Uh, and, you know, I get it. It was 3-0, but, like, come on, man. Like, this is a business at the end of the day. If you're throwing Absolutely. somebody out, if you're throwing somebody out of, of a contest, they had to have fought somebody, thrown a punch, you know, not that. Not that. Not that. No. Even if it was a hard foul. Come on. You don't throw them out of the game. That's part of the game. I agree. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. That's why the NBA is like, you know. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Say it was. Uh, say it was Aaron Gordon. Would he have been tossed to? Yeah. Say, it, say if it was Devin Booker. I think anybody would have been tossed. I, I really do because they, the uh, they were treating him like any other player. So, I mean, I mean, if they if they were holding it to that letter of the law, but I I mean, I didn't think it was anything that was worth him getting tossed over. Nope. Whether it was Nikola Jokic or whether it was uh, Jay Crowder, you know, I, I, I don't think anybody should be thrown out for I, I, hard yeah. foul. Yes, flagrant one, sure. Ejection? No. No. And, I, and I've seen P.J. Tucker do a lot worse than what Nikola Jokic did to get thrown Absolutely. out over. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. There's been there's been a lot worse that I've seen than that. That that was just awful. Awful. But the NBA. They screwed they, up. They screwed up, but they're not going to. It's not going to hit not. their pockets. They, no. They'll move on. It'll be, it'll be water under the bridge in uh, in two weeks time. Yep, sure. that's that's Adam Silver. Exactly. Water under the bridge. Swiftly move on. Um, all right. So we already spent a lot of time talking about the NBA. So that was a little bit of a quick segment. Now we will talk a little. Yeah, go ahead. Just real quick with the NBA. Chris Paul sure. with the COVID. I, hopefully he's back soon for the Suns or else. Uh, they're screwed. They're absolutely screwed without Chris Paul. Yeah. Like might as well not even bother showing up to play the series against uh, the Jazz. I agree. I agree. They that that they might get swept. Yeah. They might Good get a chance swept. of that. that and you and Utah would be in the NBA finals. Yeah. Miraculously. Miraculously cuz I I am not I'm not saying Utah's not good. I'm just not a big Utah guy. I'm not KD, a big Donovan Mitchell guy. I'm not yeah. a big Rudy Gobert guy. I understand KD, they're good, but not yeah. a not a fan. KD Kyrie Harden are healthy who wins. Oh, Brooklyn. Brooklyn wins the series in 5. Yeah. In I think five. Gobert I think Gobert would give a lot of problems. He would. He would, but I still think they wouldn't five. It's just too much firepower. Nets, for, uh, and the Nets would counter with DeAndre Jordan or somebody a little bit bigger. Exactly. Rather than Blake Griffin. Exactly. Who all of a sudden just, you know, miraculously remembered how to play basketball. It's a minor miracle. Gets out, gets out of Detroit and finally remembers that he's Blake Griffin. Amazing. It's a cool minor guy. minor miracle. Minor yeah. fucking miracle. All right. So let's, uh, let's we can spend a lot more time talking about uh, MLB. And what's been going on? So, Jake, I'll give you the option. You want to do a, a little trip around Major League Baseball first, or you want to talk about uh, the sticky substances? I, you know, what's funny is the sticky substances to me is such a non-story because, bro, every fucking pitcher does that shit. Mm-hmm. Every single one, man. And you know, if you want to juice baseballs left and right, and you want to you know, promote home runs and shit like that. 
Why can't somebody, you know, and with all these hitters, most likely on steroids, not most likely on steroids, but I would say more than half the leagues on steroids, you know, we just might not know about it. They're on something giving Fair them a assumption. little bit of boot. Like what if you're, what if you're taking a substance that's not tested for? That's, that's giving you a competitive, like a little bit of pine tar is not influencing anything. That's like giving, that's like pine tar on a bat, man. Are, are we going to get rid of that too? I don't see, I don't Absolutely see major league ridiculous. baseball looking to it's, get rid of home runs. No, it, exactly. It's just major league baseball just trying to take away any type of advantage that the pitcher might have because they want to grow the game and promote home runs. They want to speed up games. They want to be more flashy. Nothing's flashy about throwing nine innings, no runs, you know, 10 Ks. Nothing's flashy about that. No. That doesn't sell. Mm-mm. Bullshit. Ah, my God. You know, as a former pitcher, man, that really grinds my gears. Oh, Oh, it absolutely grinds mine too. I mean, do you do you believe with all of the injuries, namely the one to Tyler Glass now? Do you think that that no that the lack of a substance contributed to that at all? No, no, no. I think that's bullshit, bro. That guy's been hurt every year of his career. It's true. Hey, that's bullshit. I mean, come on. I love uh, Tyler Glass. Now is a great pitcher. There's nothing against Tyler Glass. Now I hope he gets healthy soon. Um, but come on, man, you've been hurt every year of your career. There's, there's, this is not, you know, if this is the first injury of your career, okay, you have a little bit of a claim there. But every year, it's something with your arm. It's true. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, I, I personally did get a kick out of Carlos Rodon saying, you know, we'll get a ten game suspension if we use pine tar but the Astros didn't get anything. I, I, I did get a nice little kick out of that. That, that, that is funny. That was nice. Any- what is it, Carlos Rondon was about to throw a second no-hitter of the, year, of the year? Really? He was on no-hit. He went through. He was like seven oh, no-hit Oh, innings. yes, yes. The other night, he he went – um he he threw one hit ball through seven. And yeah. what do you have? I think 10 Ks? Something like that, yeah. I, mean, I thought you were saying he was throwing no hit ball tonight. I was gonna say, wait, he's on my fucking fantasy team. I didn't, I didn't no, see him starting he, tonight. No, he was. I mean, yeah, against, against Detroit. Against Detroit. Detroit just. Detroit oh, can God. only beat the Yankees. Apparently, can only beat the Yankees. Can only beat the Yankees. So we'll move on from that topic swiftly, and let's talk about the New York Yankees. Um, well, <laughs> where do you even want to begin? Well, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Like I was about to say. You know, it might be a little too early to panic with them. But, you know, what grinds my gears is you got guys like Brian Gashman that are like, we're in this together. You know, everything's fine. Okay, that's where you lose me a little bit. Like, you need to sit up there and say this is unacceptable. Or like, you know, if we don't figure things out soon, we're going to start holding some people accountable up here. We're going to get some guys in here that can play. Um that would have really been nice to hear. Um, maybe he was just, you know, trying to save face, maybe something with trade negotiations. I don't know, but you know, it's just the yuck fest with Aaron Boone. Like he, he just tells us this guy's great. That guy's great. He guy, you got to light a fire under their asses. Your team looks lifeless. They're not playing for you. They're not playing for you. No, no, they're not. It's simple. They're not, and when it what it comes down to is it's also come down to criminal, and I mean 
absolutely criminal decision-making that Brian Cashman has made over the years, namely trying to side with analytics and trying to tell us Yankee fans that, oh, the computer nerds are a lot smarter than the common baseball man. And they realize that, oh, you can go one to nine with all right-handed hitters in your lineup. No, 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 it doesn't work. That has never worked. It will never work. But they still insist that, oh, because the analytics back it up. No, no, it doesn't work. How many times do we need to see righty, 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 strikeout, strikeout, strikeout? How, how many times do we need to see it? It and just how many, makes no uh, listen, sense. I think, the, I think, yes, you're very accurate with that, but Brian Cashman's trade returns with pitchers is really bad. Like Jamison Tyone, he sucks. He sucks. Yeah, he sucks. He should. He can't start every fifth day. It's a, it's like an automatic loss. Yeah. You, that was a failed experiment. Um. Now Luis Severino's hurt. He's out for another month. Is this guy ever going to pitch again for the Yankees? No. Ever? No. It's like a ghost now. I mean, oh my god. And Davy Davy Garcia Oof. is getting rocked in Triple A. I never was very high on Davy Garcia, to be honest with you. I really wasn't. I, I never understood how he didn't get hit harder. He throws like 90 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah, no, I understand I, that. You know who I do – you know who uh, I do like that's in the minor leagues that, you know, I would like to see up here sometime soon. I know he's young, but it's Jason Dominguez. The Yankees need a center fielder. Yes, they do. I, I, and just one more thing with Brian Cashman, the biggest biggest mistake he made in 10 years was not trading for Justin Verlander in the 2017 season. Cost Hands down. Two World Series. Hands down. Two, we could have had two World Series championships if we had Justin Verlander. Instead, he goes to the Astros and, you know, the rest. Yep. That's why I think, you know, you can't let history repeat itself. Max Scherzer, if he's available at the trade deadline this year, you go get him. You go hey. get him. Could tell yep. Marte, switch hitter, can play center field, has a good glove, has power especially from the left side, you go get them. You go get them. Anybody in the, anybody in, in the minor leagues besides Dominguez is expendable, plain and simple. They, they could all go. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I think everybody besides Dominguez should be up for discussion. What's the plan with Estefan Florial? There, there doesn't seem to be a plan. He is what he is. He is what he is. Yeah. At this, you know, if you have Dominguez, like, just, just get rid of Florial. Use him I to agree. trade. I, I agree. Do, I do think, though, people need to start. Um, there are some guys coming around, though. Like Clint Frazier, just all of a sudden, is just back to exile. He gets a couple big hits, and he don't play. Uh, he's a natural center fielder. Put the kid in center field. What the fuck do you have to lose? Like, you're playing Brett Gardner out there. Every Why are we still with Brett Gardner? Uh, he shouldn't even be on the team. Like, Jake. Clint Frazier, natural center fielder. Jake. Oh, my God. It's Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone's boy. I told you this is going to happen. Oh my! It's just Clint Frazier gets a big double last night. Doesn't play today. Nope. It makes no fucking Gary sense. Gary Sanchez hits a three-run home run today. We got to play Higashioka hitting fucking 100. Yep. Because Garrett Cole likes him. Give me a break. I agree. Listen, I completely t- – I will and, say Aaron Boone's worst skill is his man management. It's and let me tell awful. you something, man. It's awful. Let me tell you something. I don't know if you remember. One of my deep sleepers was Gary Sanchez. He's on pace to do what uh, I set out for him to do. I don't know if you've been monitoring. 
I have. He, he's creeping up to 240. He's got like what 13, 12 home runs now. Gary's. I mean, you hit 15 at the All Star break. You know, you're halfway to 30. Yeah. People need to just stop with him. They he he's like the punching bag of all Yankee fans. Like leave poor Gary alone. Like he's I agree. A, what, where are the Yankees finding a better catcher than Gary Sanchez? Can can you can you can you point me in the avenue? Uh, it was JT Realmuto. Okay, that was a pipe dream, an yep. unrealistic one. Um, where where else am I finding a better one? There is none. The Mets paid all that money to James McCann. They don't catch him every day. He's in nope. like a hundred. Nope. You have Will Smith. Okay, who, he's also even he like doesn't young... he doesn't play every day. Yeah, like people got to just leave Gary alone. Like, like, come on. I agree. Like, Jake, this is this is this is a very good is a very good point that you make. Is okay. Say you dump Gary Sanchez. Well, yeah, who's What's the, the plan B? He got Higashioka. Oh, people, great! People actually thought Kyle Higashioka was a major league everyday catcher at one point. Oh God! I swear to God, me- I better I better not see Higashioka catch in the playoffs. Other if we get there at this rate. Yeah, um, get there. I think I think they will. I, I think they will. I, I'm not I'm not panicking quite yet on on that front. I mean, what are they like a game and a half out of a playoff spot if the season ended today? Yeah, game and a, game and a half okay, out it's, with a de- it's, it's, with a deadline yes, to go. It's June. You know, you really don't start paying attention to the MLB standings until like mid July. Yep. Um, when you guys start usually, making decisions for the deadline. Exactly. Yes. Um, so I better not see Yagashioka catching any meaningful baseball games down the stretch, other than when Garrett Cole is pitching. Once Cole, even though then, I mean, you can't just put Gary Sanchez. Like you're telling me Garrett Cole is just going to get rocked every time Gary Sanchez pitches, uh, catches. Give me a break. Like you're literally giving up an out every time Yagashioka goes up there. Like I would, Agreed. Did, there's literally pitchers out there that have a higher war than Kyle Higashioka that are more yep. of a threat with the bat. Mm-hmm. Jacob DeGrom. Yeah. Jacob DeGrom. How crazy is that Jacob DeGrom is the third best athlete in New York? It's the third madness. best. Not better madness. than KD. I'll tell you. And he, I don't think he's better than James Harden. No. No, but he, he is the best baseball player in New York by a mile. Yeah, but not the best athlete. And that no. says a lot. No, 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 no. Is, no. is Kevin Durant the best New York? Is Kevin Durant the best athlete to ever come to New York City? Ever to come to New York City. I, it's. I think he's the best basketball player that's ever played in New York City. I would say he's the best basketball player okay. to ever play in pe- New York City. People told, people told me Dr. J, but that was the ABA. Like, Yeah, no, it's not the same. No, it's that's same. like... He's no. the best basketball player to ever come to New York City. Is he the best player, to, best athlete to ever play in New York City? No. I, I think you got to really think long and hard. No. No, he's not. For me. For me, because my mean, one friend tried telling me Carmelo Anthony was a better player. No, 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 no! Stop it, <laughs> Carmelo Stop it. Anthony. Stop that right now. Because you know I, why? It, he won a playoff series for the Knicks. Oh yeah, great, great. So I mean, what what happens when uh, when you have someone coming in to win, that wins the Knicks championship? They're gonna be cut. They're 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 gonna be fucking heroes. They're gonna be fucking heroes. So wait a minute. If the if the Nets win the championship, are they getting a parade down the Canyon of Heroes, or is that only for like Manhattan teams? I I hope it's I hope it's on Atlantic Avenue in uh, Brooklyn. I think it probably would be. That would be, I would be pumped. I hope it is because I, I listen. A lot of people talk shit about the Barclays Center. That's my favorite place to go to a sporting event. I absolutely love the Barclays Center. I um, I love going there. I love going there. It's a, it. it's it's a nice venue. It's a nice oh, venue. 
I I absolutely love going there. I like going to Madison Square Garden more just because of the convenience of it. The, the, the Barclays Center is not bad. Yeah, but you got to change. You got to change trains change in Jamaica, Jamaica, and you got to go to Atlantic Terminal. But the I've good news it, is, like, from Atlantic like Terminal, 80. you just walk up. Yeah, I, I like it, man. I just I, like I really the train. Do. I like the train right from Huntington. It takes you right into Penn Station. You walk straight up, and if you can't find Madison Square Garden walking straight up from Penn Station, you're either blind or stupid. Yeah, no, it's got to be blind. But <laughs> I, I, I like the I like the Barclays Center, but I don't know. We got to see. We got to get past the Bucks first. You get me all antsy right now. Got to get past the Bucks first. Got to get past the Bucks first. Um. All right. So, uh, just continuing on the MLB path. Uh, Jake, anything else for Major League Baseball that has caught your eye? Then we'll say in the last two weeks or so. Um, Cody Ballinger's hurt again. Again. Yep. I mean, again. What else um, is there? Trevor Bowers had a re- rough couple of starts, right? I know he he, on Saturday. Um, jo- Jesse Winker, where did he come from? Out of fucking nowhere. Every fucking year in baseball, there's guys like that. I I just don't know where they come from. And I try to draft them in fantasy, and I never draft them. I draft. I did pick up that guy from the the, the Rangers, Garcia. Yeah, and he's kind of cooled off a little bit, but Jesse Winker, um, and feel like oh and also where did this walsh guy come from on the angels like well the angels have another great player and they, they still never win and they still never win they still never win or it's, how about it's amazing how about patrick wisdom it, it, again chicago yeah. same thing you think he's batting he's batting like 330 i don't know with like, like 16 17 home runs ridiculous absurd absolutely ridiculous and i mean uh, i don't want to pester to them at all but I mean, the New York Mets are kind of in a position where they they might run away with the NL East. Yeah, I mean that division. That that division, yes, that absolute horror show of a division. And I, I, I will I will also say this: fair play to the San Francisco Giants that they are one they're, game up on the Dodgers, real. and we are in June. They're for real. They they're are for, for real. Real for real. They are absolutely for real. I eight, don't know how, but they're they, for real. Eight nothing down, and they ended up beating the Diamondbacks nine eight. Uh, yeah, ridiculous. I mean, the, Diamond, the Diamondbacks are like a triple A team, though. My they, God, they, they are a triple A team. They, they are they are very bad. Do me a favor, NLS. Get Kittel Marte and Trevor Story on new teams. There's just please. I mean, I, I know I know one baseball team that would take either or. Oh yeah, because we have. Let's see. For Cattell Marte, we have a center fielder right now that should by no means be playing Major League Baseball. For Trevor Story, we have a shortstop that is by no means a Major League shortstop. No. Brutal. He's awful. Awful. At shortstop. Oh, at shortstop. At second baseman, he's fine. Second baseman, he's fine. But you just signed DJ LeMahieu to a six-year fucking contract. So oh, what are you going to do? He's you been heating up, thank first? God. Yeah. Thank fucking yeah, God. I would right. play him at first. I think Luke Voigt is completely unreliable. I think so, too. I yeah, think so, too. I, I think that's what I would do. But, dude, Marte could play short for you, too, if you really wanted to. Yeah, yes, he can. He can play short if you if you really, that's, really want to. That's the guy, man. That's the guy. Yeah, he, that's the guy. That's I think he – because he could he gives you second base. He could play short stuff. Yes. He could play center field. Switch and he hit. Two, he could play left speed. field. Yeah, Absolutely. 
and yep. he'll get I'm on pretty base. sure he's under contract too for a couple more years i think he's under team control for for a while to just give anybody up besides dominguez give up clark schmidt give up uh, Florial. Florial should get it done. Florial and a little bit more should get it done for him. I think so. Well, here is the contract details for Marte. So he signed a five-year, $24 million extension, and he is under team control for three and a half more years if he gets dealt at the deadline this year. He's a free agent and, in 2025. An underrated part of the Yankees. How about Miguel Andujar coming back to life a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. He's looked good. He's yeah. looked good. And with Marte, with Marte, which makes it even sweeter, there is a club option, which includes a $1 million buyout in 2023. Bro. You got to go get this guy. If it doesn't work out. So that contract, there are outs. So you basically have Marte guaranteed to be in your team with his contract fully loaded for a year and a half. You go get him. And then 2023, if you don't like what you see, you take, you give them the million bucks, bought out, done. Love See it. See you later. I think it makes all the sense in the world to the New York Yankees to do. Yeah. All the sense in the world. I and so. and then one, one more thing, Jake, before we move on to uh, Mount Rushmore and then uh, get on out of here. Uh, Jake DeGrom, is he the National League MVP at this moment in time? I'm going to be honest with you, dude. I have, I'd have to look at more people's numbers, but I would say so, yeah. I would say so. I would say so. Regardless of how banged up it looks like he is already, yeah, I think I, I think he's National League MVP. He should be. Yeah, I mean it's June, so I mean, yeah, you know, got a lo- got a lot more ball. Long to play. way to go. Long way to go. But I would say, as of right now, yes, that Jacob Degrom would at least have my vote to yep. uh, to win it, National League MVP. Okay, Major League Baseball. That's done. We are on Mount Rushmore. And we are going to be doing a very interesting one. Like I said, I teased this before. It is going to make you hungry because we are doing meals. Meals. Mount Rushmore meals. So, Jake, you are up first, sir. We are just doing – we're doing course meals. So, a breakfast meal, lunch meal, dinner meal. We're not going to include snacks in this one. So, I have to pick a breakfast right now? You could do whatever you want. All right. Well, I'm going with. Uh, does that particular like style of something or no, like? Absolutely not. It could be uh, as specific or as yep. bland as you want it to be. Well, number one for me, definitely uh, skirt steak. Number one. Ooh, that's a good shout. Skirt steak, just wow. That's a very good shout, and it's very very easy to cook as well. Love skirt steak. Very very easy to cook. Just three minutes on each side on the barbecue. A little salt, pepper, garlic. Mwah. Voila. Done. Um, for me, I'm going to go embrace my Italian side right now, and I'm going to say baked ziti. Now that's a shout. Baked ziti is I, heavenly. Can I counter you with an Italian side? Oh, well, I get I get a double pick here. Oh, it's a snake draft. Wow. Yes, I, hope but, I, so, I hope I didn't just uh, tip my hand there. No, you didn't. You didn't. So we were – so for my – a uh, little festivity over the weekend. I was given the choice between big ziti or penne alla vodka. I was asked what I would rather have. You get both. And I, and I needed to ask, uh, is that a question? You get both. Exactly. Um, for my next one, I'm going to go, I'm just going to go very, very basic. I'm going to go for a nice old fashioned egg sandwich. And if you are from 
New York, if you're from Long they Island, hit different. they hit fucking different. Exactly. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go for an egg sandwich as my uh, second choice there, and include and get a get a breakfast one onto my uh, my Mount Rushmore here because I am a fan of all times to eat. Uh, next for me, chicken parmesan. Ah, good shout. That's a very good shout. Love chicken parm. We're getting that too. A little chicken, chicken palm. Chicken palm is delish. Delish. So I get another one or like what's you get the another there? one. You get another one. Uh, my next one would probably have to go. Ooh, this one's tough here. Interesting. Tell me your thoughts. Okay. Chinese general Tao slash sesame chicken. That is a very, very good. That shout. is an underrated underrated uh meal in my opinion and you know what's very funny jake is i was thinking about saying sesame chicken i was thinking Love about it. it i was really I li- thinking about I like it. general tao's too but uh, general tao's too but it sometimes they make it too spicy where i have to go with the sesame agreed agreed but the, se- the sesame is it's it's the perfect blend perfect balance it's all about balance yes uh we have some breaking news as well the new york yankees have won by a score of three to two Shout out to Gary Sanchez. I just saw Buster Posey hit another home run too for the Dodge uh, for the Giants. I mean, he where did. the where the fuck did that come from? Buster no Posey, idea. no fucking idea. All right, so I get two picks here. Shit, um, I'm gonna go for. Uh, I'm gonna go. You know, I'm just gonna go for pizza. Good shout. Overlooked pizza. pizza. Overlooked pizza. Very very basic, but very very good. And then to end it, I got to go with some high dining here. I'm going to go for lobster. Lobster for me is tricky because it's too, if it's too buttery, I don't want it. Oh, not, I'm, I'm the complete opposite. No, 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 not too buttery. Not too but buttery. Most not people, buttery. most people just serve, just serve the butter on the side though. I don't, yes. I don't know. I don't know a lot of people that do lobster, like <laughs> douse the lobster with butter beforehand. There's, like there's some cases. Silly. There's some cases. That's silly. Um, for me, can say I'm, that they don't like the butter. Yes, I'm actually going to end it on a dessert item. Oh, okay. Do you go to Carvel by any chance? I, I do go to Carvel a whole lot. Get the peanut butter Carvelanche. Okay. Shout out Carvel. Shout out Tom Carvel, great American, great guy. Great guy. Wow. Okay. So we have we have some rosters here. So for Jake, he chose skirt steak, chicken parm, sesame chicken, and the peanut butter carvalanche from Carvel. I chose a very Italian menu, baked ziti, an egg sandwich, pizza, and lobster. That is yeah. my menu of dreams. Probably one that would give me a heart attack, but that's okay because we're just here thriving. So that is going to be it for this edition of the Basement Talk podcast. As usual, leave a four-star review. Tell us what you think about the show. You know where to find us. We are available wherever you find your podcast. Please, everyone, enjoy your weekend. Stay safe. And most importantly, most importantly, a very happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. If you are listening to this show, and you are not going to be with your father for whatever reason. I know we understand that, that, you know, COVID is still very much a thing in various parts of the world right now. Call your father. Call your father. Wish him a happy Father's Day. 
talk to him for 20, 30 minutes if you are able to do that. Very, very important day uh, for all the dads out there, and it will make their day for sure if they are able to hear from their children. So, for Jake, I am Bird. See you next time on the Podcast. Bye-bye.